Chapter 19 of the Red Cross Girls with the Italian Army. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Red Cross Girls with the Italian Army by Margaret Vandercook. Chapter 19 The Sign of the Cross. Nanina was not discovered. How or where she had disappeared, no one knew. She had simply gone away from the villa, taking only a handful of clothes and saying nothing to anyone. She had not so much as said good-bye to Bianca. Though mistaken and wrong as she was, yet the peasant woman had her own kind of heroism. As for Bianca, she had a talk about her mother with Sonia, but Sonia never betrayed what the young girl confided to her. However, Bianca went about looking so pallid and frightened and so childish that even Nona pitied her. No one would ever appreciate just what she suffered concerning her mother. It was dreadful to think that at any moment her mother might be discovered and arrested, yet if she were not discovered, what had become of her? Then Bianca had no idea what her own future was to be, for Sonia had not decided what to do. She was waiting to see Bianca's foster brothers, Eugenio and Paolo Zoli, when they returned again to Florence, but when this would be it was impossible to guess. Sonia and Bianca both had written them of what had occurred, and had received short letters in return. However, no mention was made of Bianca's ever having had any previous knowledge of what Nanina was doing. Nevertheless, they both appeared too angry and too horrified over the behavior of their old servant to express any particular sympathy or concern for their foster-sister. Nevertheless, on the outside, things went on at the Villa Felice, much as they had been doing. A new housekeeper was obtained, and Bianca continued to live as if she were a member of the family, but she was evidently not happy. Hour after hour, sitting with her embroidery or whatever plain sewing Sonia found for her to do, she used often to long to see her foster brothers, for now that her mother was gone, and she knew her father to be dead, they were the only friends left of her former life. Who knows, but perhaps Bianca was also disappointed at the story her mother had told of herself. Perhaps in those hours when she had been alone in her pretty room, dressed in dainty clothes and seeing her own fair appearance, Bianca had dreamed of a more romantic history. But as the weeks went on and the fighting on the Italian front grew daily fiercer, and more victorious for the Italian cause. Sonia became almost as anxious for an interview with one of Bianca's foster brothers as the young girl, for although Nona had never referred again to returning to the United States, Sonia was becoming anxious to sail. She had not cared to go on entertaining her Italian acquaintances after her own unpleasant experience, and although she made no complaint, she had resented the suspicion entertained of her. Then Sonia also felt it best that Carlo Navarra returned to his own people. There were several reasons for this. For one thing, he was not going to be able to rejoin the Italian forces for some time, as the shock of the accident and its consequences had too severely shattered his nervous system. However, Sonia did not feel that he should go on staying at the villa with her indefinitely, for in some way their relation had changed. Carlo no longer seemed willing to have her treat him as an ill and rather spoiled boy. His attitude was far more that of a grown man, 
And Sonia realized, although she did her best to disbelieve it, that Carlo was growing too fond of her. Perhaps this was not so unnatural as Sonia considered it. In spite of the fact that she was so much older, Sonia was a rarely beautiful woman, with a breeding and distinction which were new to Carlo. Then for many months she had been exquisitely his friend, had given him hope and courage and care. Carlo used even to sing a little these days to Sonia when the two of them were alone. But his voice was no longer the perfect golden voice it had once been, so Sonia was also anxious that he return to the United States for more scientific treatment. Indeed, her interest was much more for Carlo than for herself, as she wished him not to suffer the disaster of thinking he cared for a woman more than ten years his age. Having had so much experience, she knew it was sometimes harder for a boy to recover from an emotion of this kind than most people realize. Then, one morning at the end of the summer, Sonia came downstairs to her breakfast room and found that she was the first to arrive at the table. Neither Carlo nor Bianca had appeared. The Italian newspaper was always laid at Sonia's plate, as she liked to glance at the headlines before eating. She had learned to read Italian fairly fluently. This morning the paper recorded another Italian victory. The Italians had beaten back fierce mass drives in the neighborhood of Udine and had taken several thousand Austrian prisoners. Sonia was reading this news when it seemed to her that her eyes were impelled to turn from the account, which was deeply interesting, to a smaller paragraph in the next column. The first few lines read, Feld, two air foes in one-minute flight. Then Captain Eugenio Soli, one of the most famous of Italian aviators, falls to his death, has destroyed twenty-one German and Austrian machines. For an instant it seemed to Sonia that she must have been mistaken in what she had read. Then, a second time looking at the account, she reread more slowly. What had happened to Captain Eugenio Soli was merely what was happening to brilliant and daring airmen the world over. Only because of his unusual record was the paper giving him special mention. The night before enemy aircraft having made a raid on Udine, dropping bombs over the village, among other airmen, Captain Zoli had gone up in the airship to put them to flight, and had succeeded in destroying two machines in an incredibly short time. Then his own machine was struck by an anti-aircraft gun, and started its headlong crash to the earth. However, Captain Zoli was able so to direct it that he fell within the Italian lines. As a special distinction, his body would be taken to his home near Florence, he was to be buried with military honors. After this, Sonia fully realized what new difficulties she had to face. There was, of course, Bianca, who cared more for Eugenio solely than for anyone in the world. She would be entering the room in a moment, and must be told the news. Yet it was not of Bianca that Sonia was thinking most deeply at this time. Would Nona realize now how much she cared for Eugenio solely? for Sonia had seen what Nona had fought against excepting the fact of how greatly the young Italian officer interested and fascinated her. In Nona's mind there was also the thought that when Eugenio returned again from the front, he would say to her the things which before he had only implied. Well, Sonia understood that Eugenio solely was the type of man for whom girls and women always care. 
and who cares for them only slightly in return who is always gay and charming and good-tempered making agreeable half lover-like speeches because circumstances inspired him but all the while his own deeper feelings was for something else eugenio soli's great emotion was the great cause of italy and sonia appreciated that he had given his life gladly in his country's service he had died at his supreme moment it is for women only perhaps that the moment of love is the supreme moment of life fortunately for sonia however bianca merely behaved like a little girl at the news of her foster brother's death she simply went to bed and was ill for two days but then she had had so much to trouble her fortunately for bianca in those days sonia told her that she would take her back to the united states when she left italy naturally nona davis received the news differently at first she was shocked and grieved then after a little it was almost as if nona had a strange sensation of personal relief for perhaps through eugenio's death she may have been saved a more real sorrow well she had promised sonia in a light-hearted fashion not to learn to care for an italian and now fate had arranged that she should keep her word however no one who attended captain zoli's funeral could ever forget it paolo was given leave to bring him home the little italian cemetery filled with cypress trees and roses and beautiful carved stones gray with age was not far from the villa felice but eugenio's funeral was unlike others since it was a funeral in the air the day was brilliant and the sky blue with the romance that has colored all italian history suddenly as the service was closing there was a queer whirring noise which seemed to come from the clouds looking up in the sky the spectators saw moving toward them like a flock of migrating birds more than a dozen airplanes they had flown out from one of the aviation schools near florence to do homage to one of italy's greatest airmen above the grave they hovered for a moment and then breaking into two divisions the one intercepting the other diagonally they formed a giant cross and at the same moment italian roses red and white showering down from them covered eugenio's grave then one of the aviators who had been a friend and comrade in the air with eugenio volplane near the earth and dropped a wreath of roses tied with italy's colors which fluttered slowly to the ground late that night it must have been nearly twelve o'clock nona who was spending the night at the villa felice slipped from her own room into sonia's sonia was in bed but not asleep and had a little night taper burning nona sat down on the bed beside her she was glad of the semi-darkness and glad too of the lateness of the hour you see she was very tired from the strain of the afternoon but there was something she felt it might be easier to say to-night than afterwards nona reached out and found her friend's hand there is something sonya i think you have understood although we have never talked of it it is all finished now and i am glad there is nothing i wish to forget but i feel i want to go home to my own country sonya if you are willing for some time i have thought perhaps it was really my duty to be there rather than here in italy at this time but you have known why i could not make up my mind to leave italy yes nona i have known sonya answered quietly then there in the darkness of the night in italy 
she recited the last verse of the battle hymn of the American Republic, the challenge to all men and women to the service of the right. In the beauty of the lilies Christ was born across the sea, with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. And he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free, while God is marching on. End of chapter 19 End of the Red Cross Girls with the Italian Army by Margaret Vandercook